Hurricane Delta, major Hurricane Delta, top winds 115 miles an hour, less than 400 miles south of Cameron, Louisiana, moving northwest at 12, and going to make a, another landfall in the great state of Louisiana, southwest Louisiana. Those folks in Lake Charles uh, getting hit with a major two months ago with Laura, now they're going to have to, may have to do it all, all over again here uh, on the uh, on what has has been an, a rather amazing hurricane season in so many ways. Welcome, everybody, to the Joe and Joe Weather Show. Usually start at 7, but I had a couple of things to take care of. So we are on a 7.30 start tonight, which actually might work out well because there's a recon there now. There's another one on the way. We have an 8 o'clock advisory coming up, so we'll get it all updated. But uh, the uh, Hurricane Joe is rev started revving up again today, and uh, I just was looking at some of the recon with the uh, flight level winds up over 120 knots, and the pressure's falling uh, a few more millibars. So we'll see how how uh, how much stronger it gets uh, between now and landfall. Well, Lake Charles, Louisiana, is better known now across the United States from the views that we have been seeing in advance of uh, Delta. I think Lake Charles, Louisiana is now known as Blue Tarp City because they say that about at least 40% of the homes uh, are covered or, or are using blue tarps as roofs <clears throat> as a result of what happened to them six weeks ago with Laura. And Lord only knows what's going to happen in the next 24 to 36 hours to those homes as Delta moves in with, uh, with its winds. And uh, I, I don't know. What, what did Louisiana do to deserve this this year, Joe? I, I can't, Every I year... When the as the pattern sets up, uh, especially you see it more obviously in active seasons because you see more storms around. But there always seems to be one particular area that becomes the target, and they get uh, they they wind up with the several hits al along the way. Uh, so uh, this year, for whatever reason, it, it was Louisiana, and you know we had our pair of tropical storms that moved up the east coast, uh, but uh, the uh, the at least the Assuming that Delta weakens a little before landfall, which is what the Hurricane Center is forecasting, uh, this will be a uh, just maybe just shy of a major when it, it, it does make that landfall. Let's hope so that it could, that the shear kicks in and the cooler uh, shelf waters up in the northern Gulf of Mexico take it down a couple of notches before it moves inland. Hopefully, that will happen. Um... I, I I just can't even imagine what it would be like uh, to live down there and to perhaps have a home that has already suffered significant damage and you're holding on literally by a thread. And this is the last thing that you'd want to see happen. And uh, we'll, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of it uh, tomorrow, uh, especially since this is one of the rare storms that we've seen so far this season that's actually coming during the light of day. Uh, most of these systems have been hitting in the overnight hours but it looks like we're going to be seeing landfall with this system sometime tomorrow afternoon or at the very latest early tomorrow evening. All right, so let's get started with the recon. We're also, by the way, going to take a look at the uh, long range, which was it's pretty interesting what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. But we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. I, I, this is the plane that is there right now. It, it is uh, 736 Eastern Time. And uh, we're seeing there was a, a fix at 
2205. So right now it's 2336 Greenwich Mean Time, so roughly an hour and a half ago. And the red uh, is the mean sea level pressure. The blue is the flight level wind. And the mean sea level pressure. Now I'm gonna. I'm just kind of guesstimating here. Uh, that red line. That red looks like it. It's at least down to at 950 and maybe even a little bit lower. Now I know they they carried 959 at the advisory. I don't know if they had this at the advisory time or not. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we are certainly seeing it. Uh, the, the pressure has been steadily falling all day for the central pressure. The flight level winds pushing up close to 110. I saw one earlier, by the way, that, that, uh, about an hour earlier than that, that was up at 120. And if we uh, follow it along, you're going to see on the, uh, uh, on the surface winds, the 10-meter wind, when it was going into that lowest pressure, the 10-meter wind was pushing – uh, just about to 95 knots. So that's 110 miles an hour right there. Now, the plane's going to be doing several passes, and this is how it looks graphically. So the, the white wind barbs that you see on the northeast side, that's 196 to 113 knots. And then there's this sort of light pinkish, uh, the, the light pink uh, barbs, Joe, 113 to 137. So somewhere east of the center is where you're seeing the uh, the strongest winds. And the, the two fixes so far, 959, and then the next fix, uh, 957. So you had a two millibar fall there probably in, in, in about an hour's time. I'm freshening this up. Looks like so is uh, <clears throat> Levi Cowan of Tropical Tidbits because he only has uh, only half the graphic is, is, is uploaded here. So we'll come back to that. In just a little bit. So, so this deepening phase seems to continue, be continuing, and the Hurricane Center indicated in their discussion that we're going to get down. Uh, we have it may strengthen for another 12 hours before it levels off. And the uh, model tracks, Joe, are pretty much you know right on target for Southwest Louisiana. Maybe most of the models are barely east of Lake Charles. This is just this is pretty much a repeat performance of Laura in terms of the track. Uh, and uh, then, of course, moving inland and weakening. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be uh, a deviation of only about 15 miles from the track that Laura took uh, six weeks ago, and that's why you have to feel very bad for the for the people who live, uh, for example, in Lake Charles. I mean, those folks are still recovering from 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 Laura, and now uh, they got to batten down and well, try to batten down in advance of uh, in advance of uh, Delta. I saw one report a little while ago. Uh, they, they showed like piles of debris left over from uh, Laura's visitation six weeks ago, and now uh, the local officials there are saying that that uh, those piles they, they need to do something with them between now and the end of tomorrow, or else those piles become flying projectiles, and, and that's that's something you don't want to see. So it's 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 just it just boggles the mind. Uh, and I know you, you, you said that sometimes when you get into a certain pattern, uh, this, this sometimes will happen. But um, I, I, I mean, I, I really feel for those for the people who live down oh, there. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a very sad. Now, uh, after we finish with Delta, I mean, I, looking, at, looking at the model runs all the way out for the next 10 or 15 days, it looks like, unless you see something differently, I don't. I don't really see anything massive or major that's going to uh, 
develop in the in the tropics. No, um, I, 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 there's a, there's a wave out there that the Hurricane Center mentions way out in the Atlantic that might uh, do something when it gets a little bit closer to the Leeward Islands sometime next week. But uh, at least, well, for sure, we should get a handful of days with a break. <laughs> but we'll, everything, everything that 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 uh, that that wants to spin up spins up. So I wouldn't rule any, I would I wouldn't rule it out. But you're right; the models don't really show too much at the moment. It's uh, kind of like uh, the, the converse of this is like one of those winters that we have, where at the drop of a pin, you know, you look out the window and oh my goodness, we've got another inch of snow out there. Right. Every little every little potential system that normally we wouldn't you know, wouldn't do much of anything, you know, all of a sudden you get snow here, snow right. here. Now this, this year, it's just the, it, it, this summer in the tropical region, it's just like, you're right. And everything's spinning. Everything is happening. Right. Yeah. Tropical, uh, the um, watches and warnings up, uh, the hur uh, there hasn't really been too much change. Uh, they adjusted the storm surge warning, <clears throat> taking it down for uh, the uh, parts of uh, Mississippi, the Mississippi Gulf Coast where they had it up. But for the Louisiana coast, that's the area in purple. And, of course, that same area also under a hurricane warning. Uh, hurricane warnings from Sabine Pass in, in just east of Sabine Pass in Texas uh, to Morgan City, Louisiana. You've got tropical storm warnings that go well inland uh, up through the state. So uh, at this at this stage of the game now, it's just uh, waiting for the 24 hours to go by to get this thing uh, to uh, do what it's going to do. Now, the intensity models... I'm going to give this recon thing one more refresh to see if, oh, there it is. Uh, so now, we've yeah, the same two fixes. Uh, the plane's coming down from the northeast and about to make a third fix. So we'll check back in on that a little bit later on and, and uh, we'll see what they find. The All of the intensity models, <clears throat> Joe, are in the three to four range and they uh, keep it there. Now, this is at 18Z. So by two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, a couple of them start to go under the three, but most of them are in that three to four range uh, right through um, right through uh, two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And then after that, they start to drop off. Obviously, uh, you go into 30 hours and, and, and now you're dealing with a landfall. And of course, you see how it rapidly weakens uh, as it uh, as it uh, moves uh, further and further inland. But it'll be interesting to see this. Uh, it seems like it, the pressures are dropping at about one to two millibars an hour. So, I mean, conceivably, if that continues through the overnight, this could get down to a 940 or maybe a nine, high 930s uh, on, on, the, uh, on the absolute peak. Right, right. And uh, we're, we're on central, the, the, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the hurricane advisories are timed out uh, for central daylight time. Right. But we should be coming up now. Yeah, at, at eight o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern, seven Central, right here on NBC. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> radar. <clears throat> just want to show you, folks. Uh, obviously, the core of anything that's really involved with the hurricane is 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 still not in range. You're just barely starting to see maybe that uh, the northern part of 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 the hurricane coming into a, a radar range there, well offshore. But there's been a lot of of shower activity, some bands that have swept inland that extend from the Florida panhandle this evening and go back through uh, a good chunk of Mississippi and northern Louisiana and in through East Texas. And then there's a, a renegade uh, a little band there that goes down uh, almost to Corpus Christi. <coughs> Excuse me. So there's been uh, quite a bit of, you know, there's been quite a bit of rain that's already gotten in there. 
the bulk of this, of course, is uh, is yet to pass. Uh, while I have this graphic up, just want to show you that except for what's going on there and for a few spotty showers in parts of uh, central uh, central Florida, the radar is silent for the most part from coast to coast. It's just absolutely uh, quiet. And I'm going to bring up the Hurricane Center's forecast here. And yeah, By the way, when you, when you show the storm surge forecast from the Hurricane Center. Yes. What do you, what do you think of that? Uh, it's almost like you have to attest that you you understand everything before they actually physically show show you the uh, the map. Well, I've got the map. Well, the actual map up here uh, that they have. This is the experimental peak storm surge forecast graphic from the right. Hurricane Center, and they've got estimates of surge. Vermilion Bay at seven to eleven feet is the hot spot there, uh, and the uh, further to the west you have the Rockefeller Wildlife Refuge. Uh, in southwest Louisiana, uh, five to eight feet. Uh, then you get over towards Sabine Pass on the on the western end of this. Now, of course, if this uh, now you're on on the Texas uh, just about to the Texas side, and you're seeing uh, you know they're they're uh, kind of on the edge of the surge because uh, the center should pass uh, to the east of there, four to seven feet, two to four feet in southeastern Louisiana from the mouth of the Mississippi. Uh, on up to the Mississippi, uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, including Lake Pontchartrain, and that's, you know, two to four and three to five feet in south southeast Louisiana is a, is a lot because the vast majority of that that area is uh, is below sea level. Right, right. So so uh, flooding there is um, kind of a regular thing uh, once you get uh, once you get uh, flood uh, the, the uh, levels go up a couple more than a couple of feet here's the the uh, hurricane center's official forecast they're keeping it as a major through one o'clock tomorrow afternoon so uh, you're hoping that 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 last uh, 75 miles or so uh, uh, the system uh, weakens a little bit uh, going inland you see where the warnings are and the tropical storm warnings are in blue and the forecast track inland with the remnant low moving up into central tennessee and of course, we're going to see. We're going to talk about whether how the rains, the remnant rains from that, uh, will be uh, uh, impacting us maybe later in the weekend or on Monday. Twenty-four point eight and ninety-four point three was the four o'clock position. Top winds one hundred and fifteen miles an hour, and moving to the northwest at uh, at twelve. And uh, Joe, the uh, the uh, situation. Yeah, we're we're hoping that that there's a little bit of a uh, diminishing of those winds, although uh, with with the passage of time, the 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 width or breadth of the storm is just becoming larger and larger by each passing hour. I mean, a few days ago we were talking about how tightly compact this system was, but now, as you can see, I guess you, you, uh, you just brought up the uh, the goes uh, sixteen view. This thing is uh, pretty well, you know, <laughs> it, it 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 encompasses a large part of the Gulf of Mexico. And when this thing moves inland, it's going to pretty well encompass uh, all of the state of uh, Louisiana. So yeah. it's, it, in it, one it, way, it, shape, or form, whether you're going to get – if you're in Louisiana, you can count on either hurricane force winds or at the very least tropical storm force winds uh, when this thing comes on shore late tomorrow and tomorrow evening. It has gotten quite large uh, in terms of the overall circulation. And by the way, if you look back over toward Cuba, you see the rotation that's going on. That's an upper low. That's a cold upper low. And it's part of the equation here in terms of the uh, the, the outflow. 
because uh, you're, you're, the position of that upper low being southeast, uh, and of course we showed the other day that this thing is just basically under a huge upper high, which uh, which is a a feature is is a feature and a marker for a system that is going to be strong or or intensifying. I'm noticing on the visible when it switches over to the IR, the I seems to have filled a bit. Now, it will be interesting to see if that's because there's you know, there's also, it does look like there's a burst of convection going on as well. So I'll be cur curious to see what more we get from the recon uh, with regards to this. And of course, Joe, it stands out uh, in, uh, in the center of this picture because everywhere else, uh, the weather is relatively quiet also, by the way, I'm noticing that milky white out to the west in the Rockies and back mm -hmm. in California, it looks like that might be more wildfire smoke that's uh, that's uh, pushing eastward. Oh, it's quite possible. William Huber, we just answered your question. He uh, on the chat board said, Joe R., what's that spinning south of Cuba? And as we, Joe just pointed out, it's kind of a cold upper low. Uh, it's nothing to do with uh, any tropical or potential tropical activity, but as Joe just pointed out, playing uh, playing a role in uh, the future movements of, uh, of uh, Delta in the coming days ahead. And, you know, looking in the Northeast, of course, uh, with this chilly air mass that we have, and, and, uh, and upstate New York is just, I, I'm astounded at the, the hammering of that they got with those thunderstorms yesterday into into yesterday into last night that was just for this time of year and and given the setup i i would never have expected the kind of damage that that has occurred there uh, with the, uh, with 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 those storms it was just now phenomenal the interesting, the interesting thing about that joe is since you brought it up um you know i know i've seen all of the uh, forecasts saying oh Saturday is going to be a gorgeous day. It's going to be a beautiful day outside. Get out there and enjoy. But you know what? If you, and I don't know if you want to hold off on this until a little later. The Storm Prediction Center shows that uh, maybe a very similar setup to what we just saw the, the other day in terms of the storminess might be re replaying itself on Saturday in the afternoon hours with the next cold front approaching. All right, well, let's bring you, you asked for it, you got it, Toyota. Let's take a look. So uh, we'll jump to Friday uh, on SPC. And of course, it should not be a shocker that you have a slight risk of severe weather being indicated for Southeast Louisiana. Anybody east of the center of Delta is going to have a severe weather risk and also the, you know, the marginal risk that goes a bit further north. And going on to day three, which is Saturday, yeah, they got a marginal risk again for almost the same, virtually the same area in upstate New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, and into Western Maine. Now, if you remember, if you remember, initially, they had a very, very tight, uh, they, they had marginal risk for like the Adirondacks and, and northern New England, and a very small zone of general thunderstorm activity. Then they kind of enlarged that the following day, yesterday. Then, what would you see right now predicted for Saturday? I'm wondering if what just happened has caused some of the forecasters to say, hey, this looks like a similar scenario. Why don't we just go whole hog? But if you notice, look where the general thunderstorm activity is. Right. It's if you, it, it's practically at my doorstep right. yes. here in Putnam County, <laughs> and I'm wondering whether or not uh, uh, maybe uh, later tonight or tomorrow, if uh, this holds true, that you might suddenly see the forecasts 
slip in a chance of a late day thunderstorm on Saturday, at least for parts of the Hudson Valley. And look, not too far away to the north, up toward, let's say, Hudson and Kingston and uh, Albany. And uh, there, there it is again, another yeah. large area of marginal risk of uh, severe weather. Also, marginal risk for Saturday is going to shift up further up into Mississippi and Alabama, of course, as uh, Delta continues to, to, uh, to, to move along. We're sort of at the point now where there's not a whole lot more we can add with regards to uh, how this is going to play out with regard with, with respect to uh, Louisiana. So so let I'll bring the upper air up so we could see what's going on overall and figure out what is in play for Saturday. And I, I don't know, Joe. I mean, go. Let's go back. Okay, let's go back to. Uh, to what happened on Wednesday. All right, here is the upper air on Wednesday. And it's so clear here, this strong shortwave was the culprit uh, that uh, swung through uh, up through New York State. and North Now the Southern end of this, actually I was surprised also by the fact that the Southern end of this was a little more active than I thought it would be with, with those showers that came through. But this was a pretty impressive little shortwave trough in, in the flow right. that came down from the Northwest. Now, there is going to be another short wave that's going to come down on Friday. While this is all going on, you see Delta coming around the periphery of the upper high that is right in here, sitting uh, off the Florida coast. It's not moving at all. So that is where how Delta is getting steered. And, of course, you've got all this westerly flow that runs across the, uh, the, the U.S. from the Pacific to the Atlantic side. And it's pretty much waiting to get far enough north to get caught by that. There's a short wave for Saturday. Now here, th this to me, I don't know, Joe, that, does, that's, that doesn't look anywhere near as impressive as what we just had. And I'm just wondering, perhaps I, I'm, I'm on you. I'm with you on this. They're, they're probably looking at this and saying, you know what? We better throw something up there considering what just happened. I, not, I, not to, I mean, they had the marginal risk. I mean, SBC did a, did a good job with the putting the marginal risk up a couple of days ahead of time, and they, they did drag it down. I guess my only question is that there was a point, and, and, and I'm not trying to second-guess them or hindsight, hind, uh, backcast them or, you know, hind forecasting, but I, I, I go back to that SBC discussion that came out in the middle of the day where they said uh, talked about upstate New York and said that a severe thunderstorm watch was unlikely. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they might want to have that, that, have that, uh, uh, that time back and make maybe a different decision considering what the outcome was. But yeah. And, you know, uh, on the chat board, Joe, um, Paul Roman says, that uh, what happened uh, with the with the uh, other system, the one we had just uh, the other day, yesterday, was the worst thunderstorm uh, of the of the season here in Ulster County, New York. That's just that's, that's a pretty uh, considering all that we've seen since last April in terms of severe weather. That's a that's that's quite a statement. It is uh, that 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 uh, just the fact that it's happening in October. And it's not like we were we had we we had dew points flying up to uh, you know the the sixties or anything like that. It was a uh, the air wasn't particularly moist going in ahead of it, but it was all the energy uh, with that uh, that upper trough, and uh, you had just enough daytime heating, I guess, to to an instability. The instability must have been off the wall, 
uh, to uh, create the problem. And of course, you know, what came out of this was a deepening low and on the Canadian satellite, this is, I, I haven't uh, updated this. I'm going to do it in a moment, but I just want to show this was from last night and, and going into this morning. Uh, you see the, the, uh, the comma shape system there uh, that's uh, from New Brunswick to Newfoundland. Uh, it, it turned out I mean, that low deepened down to a 977 uh, at one point early this morning. So we, we had a pretty uh, the, the the front and the wave that developed on that front. That wave developed into a uh, into a powerhouse storm. And if you, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll update this now so we can take a look at uh, what's happening. Of course, that storm has now moved further to the northeast. Uh, but if you watch the loop. Uh, first of all, that storm still remains very impressive. But if you watch the loop, you can pick out the next short wave uh, over Hudson Bay that's dropping southward. I mean, this is all part of that energy. And there's another uh, little short wave there moving through uh, central Canada, north of Lake Winnipeg. So that's going to be uh, what's moving through the east to bring a cold front through. It's going to bring it down to uh, uh, eastern Pennsylvania to southern New England during Saturday night. But I think by that time, there won't be much with it. And also, by the way, note out in the Pacific, uh, we've got uh, a pretty wrapped up system here in the Pacific uh, and moisture coming into the Pacific Northwest. So uh, some rain, at least, uh, coming into the West to help with those uh, those wildfires that just don't seem to want to go away. Yeah, well, we could use we could use or they can use uh, some uh, some moisture. Uh, and again, with as, you, as I could see on the satellite picture, yeah. The central, the north central part of the country looks a little bit lighter. I'm wondering whether or not that indeed is uh, airborne smoke that's being blown across the nation's midsection from those fires out west. All right, so let, let's now see how we can resolve all of this with regards to uh, the rest of the, uh, the weekend. And, and Saturday will, for now, of course, with what's going on, what, what may, might happen further to the north, but areas further south. Uh, you go to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Long Island, down into Maryland, Delaware, Virginia. Uh, by the time the front pushes far enough uh, south, it, it's not going to really have much with it Saturday night because uh, it's all going to come after dark. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, uh, remnant of Delta is getting kicked to the northeast because you've got this big trough that's moving into the west. You see it here and moving into the west there in the northwest. And it moves fairly quickly uh, into the Western Great Lakes. And that should lift this up and bring some rain here Sunday night uh, in, into, uh, into Monday afternoon. And the other thing I noticed, Joe, because it, since we're going to have to wait now also for this Western system to move eastward, uh, there's going to be another front pushing eastward because of that. Uh, I wonder whether we're going to have some lingering showers uh, hanging around on Tuesday, uh, maybe even into Wednesday until that system clears. Yeah, I think uh, I think, Joe, that there's no way that you you know can slice this or dice this. It looks like Columbus Day Monday, not a very good day. I think onshore winds keeping temperatures mostly in the mid and maybe low 60s, a lot of clouds, wet weather, rain or shower activity. Hopefully they'll hold off until after dark on Sunday so that we'd be able to squeeze out a, a halfway decent day on Sunday. But Monday doesn't look all that good. And I, I agree with you, Tuesday, we may end up between the uh, lingering moisture from, from the remnants of Delta and that next system approaching from the West. We might see more in the way of scattered showers, 
Tuesday and maybe spilling over, uh, dare I say, into perhaps early Wednesday as well. Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to roll through the rest of this long range. But before I do that, I, I, uh, I found teleconnections. Uh, not that they, they, oh, you, you but, found where they were now. Well, they moved them around. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had a break. I, I saw this. I said, you know what? I have to bring this up. Take a look at this. Now, we're going into the middle part of October. All right. Start the NAO uh, is in a in a negative state right now. And going into the longer range, Joe, and this is based on the uh, I'm trying to see. Which model run did they use here? I'm trying to see on the graphic if it even says here where it doesn't even say which model run this is. I'll just assume that it's the most recent one, I mean, the one from last night, the Zero Z. Okay. But look at the NAO uh, in red. The red is is the forecast NAO going out past October the fifth, the October sixteenth, so the seventeenth up to about October nineteenth. It goes off the some of the the members go off the wall negative here. Uh, right. almost, almost all of them are negative, but some of them really go off the wall negative. Now, that the North Atlantic Oscillation, for those of you who don't know, that uh, means higher pressures up in the North Atlantic and lower pressures in the middle part of the Atlantic. So that is usually a, 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 a cold sig a cold signal for the east particularly in the winter time it's a signal that snow lovers jump up and down for but look at the pna the pacific north america index which measures pressure patterns uh, in the in the, on the in the western part of the united states out to about hawaii but it also takes into account an, the area in the southeastern part of the us as well uh, showing it going sharply positive uh, in uh, in the middle part of the month, so you're going to have a negative NAO and a negative and a positive PNA, which right. again in the winter time snow lovers would be jumping up and down over this. And the we didn't, Arctic, that, we didn't see that once this whole whole winter season, right? And the Arctic oscillation, uh, it, which when it's negative, it means you've got higher pressures in the polar regions, so that the polar vortex is basically displaced southward such as it is in mid-October, look at the AO. It is off the wall, some of them even off the chart negative going into the middle of the month. Now, there, take, taking all of that into account, uh, I'm gonna, this is the North America view of the upper air going into mid-month. So we last left you uh, uh, with that, uh, de that uh, system for early next week, Delta plays through. You can barely find it in the upper air, but you've got this strong trough that moves through the plains. Over time, uh, a large upper low forms and drops into the east by the time we get to the weekend of the 17th and 18th. Now, this is where the NAO is off the wall negative. Uh, your PNA, just to show you, uh, the, the Pacific North America index, the positive Pacific PNA, strong upper ridge. Whoops, hang on. Strong upper ridge in the west, deep trough, low in, low in the northeastern Aleutians slash Gulf of Alaska with a deep trough at 160, which means you're going to have a trough somewhere and a very deep trough in the eastern part of the United States. And look at the flow. 
the upper flow comes from the from from the Arctic regions straight down uh, into the southeastern part of the United States. If that's yeah. if that's January, we're we're frozen. Okay, it's mid October. If this verifies, it's going to get very chilly around here for this time of year. Ah, yes, all the leaves are going to drop all at once. <laughs> yes, pretty much, and. Going forward, you know, that trough sort of hangs around in the east, and then eventually part of it pulls out, but then you start to see, you know, more energy that may or may not want to drop into the eastern part of the United States in the longer haul. But uh, it's it's just it's just a it, it's interesting to see it now because you know uh, for snow lovers know deep in their hearts that come the middle of December the switch will be flipped and you'll go to a trough in the west and a bridge in the east. <laughs> uh, which means you know no snow and it's mild but it, it, it's it's pretty dynamic uh to see something like this and of course you, you also point out about that negative arctic oscillation the higher than normal pressures if you see where the upper low actually is uh in hudson's bay uh and uh in near james bay and that's because you've got higher than normal pressures running around all throughout you know much of uh, northern canada and in the uh, in the Arctic, so that displaces everything south. Anytime you've got a a, a, a trough at 160 down to Hawaii, you're going to have a trough somewhere in the eastern part of the United States and a ridge somewhere in the middle. That's just kind of how the spacing works. But the deeper the trough, the stronger the ridges are on either side. So again, uh, kind of the middle of the month is going to going to prove rather interesting. So. Back over to uh, the surface, the soifus, uh, as they say, and we'll roll this back. I'm going to use the, uh, I'm not going to use the radar. I'm going to use the precip, the actual uh, precip, liquid precip totals, so we can see those thickness lines. Uh, and now, for, before we get there, Here's Saturday. I think SPC's probably reacting to models generating. Joe, if you if you take a look, you know it does show some activity with the front here uh, in upstate New York Saturday evening. Uh, here's Delta way down here, so I guess they, they're they're doing the marginal risk thing. Rain and some snow in the higher elevations, of course, in the northwest. But it's the rain that we're looking at that's most important, and we're happy about to see it there. Uh, and delta lifting northeastward, your next high behind that front goes right away to northern Maine. So we got onshore flow here developing on Sunday. I don't. I, I think we're going to have a lot of clouds around here on Sunday, Joe, with the onshore flow setting up. Could very well be. Could very well. In fact, even Saturday, I'm, I'm saying you know I've, I've seen forecasts mostly sunny and sunny and warm. And I think I think frankly on Saturday, uh, how warm we're going to get is going to be dependent upon. The cloud cover, and I think the, the, we're probably going to see high clouds, thin high clouds. But I'm always concerned when I see something like what we're looking at for this weekend, that some of those clouds will get a little bit out of hand, and we'll see more than just high clouds. We may see mid and high level clouds. Yeah. The sun will get dimmed, and instead of seeing temperatures, let's say of 75 to 80, uh, we see temperatures more closer to 70. And P.S. I, I think this Saturday, for parts of the tri-state area will be one of our last shots uh, of seeing temperatures approach or maybe get to 80 degrees. It's It's been a long time. I mentioned yesterday, I think, or right. the day before. Right. Last time, 80 at Central Park, September the 10th. 
And uh, that's kind of unusual that we've gone from September the 10th till now and have not had any temperature at or above 80. We usually get at least a couple more yeah. uh, after yeah. the 10th of September. But this Saturday, this could be it, folks. Uh, take advantage of it, whatever we get, because it'll be a nice warm day. And considering what Joe has been showing you with the, the uh, NAO, the bottom dropping out by around the 18th of October and all the signals that uh, the flow is going to be coming out of Canada, uh, we may not see too many shots or chances more of close to 80 again for uh, maybe for a long time. The, the GFS seems to the last couple of runs have, has kind of backed off a little bit on the volume of rain. Uh, it looks like it kind of weakens uh, the tropical moisture, but then you've got the front coming in by uh, early Tuesday morning. The, the front uh, is in uh, Western PA and that enhances the shower activity during the day on Tuesday. And then the front stalls, uh, with for a little while right on the coast so you still got some showers here into into Wednesday if this is correct and now here comes the next front which generates some showers here along about uh, Thursday night Friday and look at that cool that's cool air that's chilly air there Joe they got five what is that five 34 28 you know 522 ish thicknesses of the northern lakes yes that's light blue snow that you're seeing and the 534 thickness which is you know, basically, that's 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 a measure how how cold the air is. The lower that number is, the colder the the colder the air is. And uh, 540 is a line that we use to for rain and snow when we get into the when we get into the winter season. It's not going to work very well now, but uh, if you when we you, you see it in mid November and beyond, then you you um, it has more value. But um, this is a pretty decent push of cool air that goes pretty far south. And it's, I'm looking at this and I saw this, it's got a little bit of precip there with a 540 thickness for New Jersey and Long Island uh, come um, ahead, next Joe. Monday, call. Tuesday. <laughs> Let's call for it, Joe. Yeah, here it is. Here, take a look. <laughs> take a look how it develops this low that comes out of the Northeast, Northwest Caribbean and then uh, pops up off the Florida coast and produces all this rain. And the 540 thickness is running, uh, you know, just north and west of, um, of actually, it's it's like at Cape May to central Long Island. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah. you're not going to get anything out of that. It's just kind of funny seeing it on a map on October 21st, if that's even know. real. I mean, we know that, that this is going to change. But, uh, but the point is that those, like you said, those signals are there. And it looks like, I guess, that what, um, you know, the Climate Prediction Center folks were talking about warm weather for mid-month on, going back at the beginning of this month in their ultra-long range. Doesn't look like that's going to be happening here in the east. Right? <laughs> that's my, that's my, that's my, my, my commentary about that. This is... It's all coming too early for me. No, I know. I, I hear you. By the way, thank you, Scott Briller. Thank you, Johnny Quest, for uh, Super Chats tonight. Oh, good. Scott, Scott Briller's on the board, so he must be feeling better. I'm coming back full screen I want to tell you something about Scott Briller. I mean, for all that he has gone through, and yet he's on break from his COVID-supplied job, back to work after three weeks off. I mean, like, it, it, Scott, you, you, deserve a, you deserve a break. And... Uh, Thanks, thanks very much for he Joe uh, on the super chats. He says, uh, uh, "Have uh, Joe and Joe have a cigar and a candy cigarette." 
<laughs> and why not? Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, by the way, I wanted to ask you something. The um, I, I have a cigar waiting for me after the show. Uh, but Mars in the sky. I, I'm. I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I. I don't. I don't pay close attention to it. But I'm. I'm. I'm down in Blue Ridge, Georgia, right now, and I'm up at. The, I'm up two thousand feet. Uh, elevation and there's not there's, there's not a lot of street lights up here so it's it's great the the you get to see a lot of stars in the sky but there was a very very yellow star up there last night and i, I is, is, is go ahead we, we call we the mars is called the red planet and everybody expects when you go outside and you look at it that you're going to see this red star like object in the sky it is not red. It is, but the ancients, I guess they they needed a, a deity for the god of war, war god of war, blood, red or whatever. Right. Mars is not red though. Mars is more of a topaz or a yellowish orange or pumpkin or kind of a fiery color. And the reason it looks that way is that Mars basically uh, you're you're looking at uh, a, a desert. Mars does not have the vegetation that. Uh, we thought, you know, 100 years ago, we looked at the canals and we thought that there was vegetation that came and went uh, with this Martian seasons. No, Mars basically is a is 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 a planet wide desert. And what color is a desert? If you were looking at one of our deserts from high above, it would be kind of a yellowish orange color. And that's what you're seeing in the sky right now. Mars right now, Joe, about as close. Well, it, it can actually get about four million miles closer, but that, that that's not going to happen for a long time. This is an exceptionally close approach though, 38 million miles. And it is now ranking as the third brightest object in the nighttime sky next yeah. to the moon, the planet Venus and Mars. It's even brighter right now, Mars is, than Jupiter, which is normally it, it second was, only to Venus. It was very bright last, Mars was very bright. It stood out, uh, uh, so obvious out there in the sky. Like it was beautiful actually. Like the proverbial sword. But now you see, it was closest to the Earth on October 6th. It's now beginning to move away. And uh, <laughs> you're going to, as, as quickly as it ramped up to its brilliance, its great brilliance now, within an, the next six weeks, it's going to ramp on down. In six weeks, it's still going to be, relative to most of the stars in the sky, still a ver very bright object. But it's only going to be like a quarter or a half as bright then as it is right now. So catch it as, catch it if you have not seen it yet. And even if you have a telescope, a small telescope, take a look at it now because Mars is a small planet. It's only twice as big as the moon. Uh, and usually when you look at it through a telescope, it's very disappointing. It's like a little, little dot. Yeah. But now even a small telescope with, you know, going like 80 or 90 power, you'll be able to see it reasonably big and uh, also maybe even pick out some of the uh, features on, on Mars as well. So it, it is something to look at and something to see and, uh, um, again, it won't be this close again until the year 2035. Where are you going to be at 2035, Joe? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe at the uh, 2035. So that's 15 years from now, and I'll be I'll be 77, almost 77, mm -hmm. uh, 76. Uh, I'll probably be going for the two for one breakfast uh, in in in, uh, in in Florida or the uh, you know. Or the early dinner special. <laughs> Who knows? Here's the, um, early bird. the early bird. The early bird. 
We, uh, I, I, I have a, just another fresh recon here. I just want to show everybody. So it looks like now I'm doing, I'm eyeballing this because the, the, the way the scale is set, you've got 955 and 945. It looks like the red line is probably just under 950. And if you see the blue, which is your flight level wind, uh, just uh, up to uh, almost to 125 knots. Uh, you've got double peaks of 95 knots on the 10 meter wind as the uh, the plane approached uh, the center from one end and then came out uh, the other. And on the graphical representation, they just they they haven't plotted the pressure from the oh here it is they just plotted it 957. Okay, so they they there's I have to figure out why there are differences between what you see on the plot sometimes and what you see on the chart. Uh, because on the chart, it's definitely below 955. So I'm not, unless they do some sort of adjustment, um, some sort of mathematical correction for whatever reason. But you see the three plots, so you know the motion there looks still northwest, 959, 957, 957. And on the wind barbs, you've got those white wind barbs of 96 to 113, a lot of those. And then those pink ones of 113 to 137. And on the uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time Advisory, which is 7 o'clock Central Time, uh, we are at, they're carrying 25.3, 93.5, 310 miles south of Cameron, Louisiana, carrying 115 mile an hour winds, north-northwest now instead of northwest, north-northwest at, or 330 degrees at 12 miles an hour, same forward speed, 956 millibars. 28.32 inches, right? 28.32 or 28.23? Nope, sorry, 28.23. My uh, my brain flipped those last two numbers. So, um, what's that? I said pretty deep. I mean, I would that wouldn't show up on my aneroid barometer, that's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that 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 is definitely um, that that's low. <laughs> it, it's off the bottom. Yes. All right, folks, we're going to uh, let's wrap it up here. Thanks very much for being here tonight. Uh, Scott Briller and Johnny Quest, thank you both for hitting Super Chat. Joe and I really appreciate it greatly. The um, tomorrow is kind of a travel day for me. So uh, the uh, I don't think we're going to do a show tomorrow night. So I think we're going to be uh, we'll be back on Sunday morning. Where are you going to be on Sunday morning then? Uh, I'll, I'll be actually, I'll be in, I'm only going to be, uh, an hour and a half South of here. I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, down closer to Atlanta, but I got a, I got a lot to do tomorrow, a busy day. I got a, uh, I got some stops to make and, uh, I'm thinking by tomorrow night, I'm going to be wiped. So, uh, we'll skip tomorrow. Well, you want to be wiped. I, I took a, I took a look at your, uh, images of, of you and your two grandkids running yes. you ragged, but you had a big smile on your face. So. Yeah, I got to see. Uh, I got to see my grandsons earlier. Actually, my mom came with me on this trip. She's eighty-six. So well, she's you, a great you saw. Grandma. You so you knew. She's been behind me on the live streams. Um, but yeah, she's a great grandmother. But I dropped her. Um, I, I I took her down to my daughter's house, and this way she could be with the the, uh, the great grandkids uh, for a while. And uh, I'm. Uh, taking care of some personal business up here and we're going to, then I'm going to go back. I drove down there today, drove back up 
and and I'll be going back down tomorrow with taking all my stuff with me. So I got, like I said, I got my hands full tomorrow. Okay. All okay. right. We'll, we'll see you first thing on Sunday we'll morning see at eleven o'clock. Sunday, eleven o'clock on the Joe and Joe Weather Show. Good night, everybody. <laughs>